Today's daf is daf Lamid Dalid, page 34. In the Heligat Meseches the Dharma, we pick up at the very first word on the very top line. Okay? I should have said it the other way. The very top line, the very first word. That would have brought us closer and closer. But be it as it may, we're up to the first word on the first line of Lamid Dalid, Amad Aleph, and... Let us remind ourselves of the sugya that we're going to be dealing with on Amar Aleph. Amar Beis, it's actually going to change. We're going to shift the sugya. But for Amar Aleph, it's going to continue to clarify the bottom Mishnah of Lamed Gimel, Amar Aleph, of 33a. And let's remind ourselves what it was a short Mishnah. The Mishnah said that if somebody makes a vow forbidding himself to benefit from his friend... So Reuven makes a vow saying that he's not allowed to benefit from Shimon. The halacha still is that Shimon could pay his obligation of machzis hashekel. The halacha still is Shimon could repay his loans. And the halacha is that Shimon could return his lost item. If Reuven loses an item, Shimon could return it. Now what we explained so far is, the reason for this is, it's not called a benefit when you don't have any addition to your portfolio. See, these three examples are all things where it's not going directly to you. It's not giving you a direct benefit. The have shekels going to the base on Mikdash. To pay off the guy's debt, shkoyach, very nice, uh, you're, doing him a, you're doing him a taiva. But that money is going to, and especially if there was an indefinite uh, timeline to pay off, that money is going to the lender. It's not going to the borrower. So it's not, you're not adding to his portfolio. And also to, relearn, to return his lost object. That was already his. There's no problem. The, the Mishnah, however, says that there, there are places where when Shimon were to find the lost object, Reuven would compensate him, would pay him. For his time, his effort, give him a tip, as they call it. If that's the case, then that expected amount must go to Hektish. That expected amount must go to Hektish, meaning Reuven cannot take, I'm sorry, Reuven cannot compensate Shimon for returning his item because he prohibited Shimon from benefiting from him. Okay? And that halacha is what we're going to focus on now on the top of Lamadal Ramadal. Well, he has to give it back. He can't take it. Correct. He cannot give it directly to Shimon. Now the question is, and here's going to be a question which the Gemara is about to clarify. You know, when the Mishnah says, you can't, uh, you can't pay the finder. Reuven can't pay him because then uh, Shimon's benefiting. The question is, wh- why are you giving it to Hektish? Why don't we just say, don't pay anybody? Don't pay. Why say, give it to Hektish? All right? So here we go. Let's clarify this halacha. Let's get going. Tonight we learned to the Mishnah, in a place where they, they take schar, they take payment for returning a lost object, okay, for the time, the effort, tipol hanol hektish. We said that added benefit should go to hektish. Now, it makes sense according to the opinion which says, when Reuven forbids benefit to Shimon, it also means that Reuven cannot benefit from Shimon. So Nami Mehader will say that uh, in this case, uh, uh, even Shimon is allowed to return it, or Reuven can even return it to Shimon. That's why we say, in a place where they do pay back, you should pay that added amount to Hektish, because the understanding is, Reuven cannot benefit from Shimon, and Shimon cannot benefit Reuven. It's a two-way street. So I get why 
you, can, you, you need to pay something. Because if Ruvain doesn't pay something, then he's benefiting from Shimon's effort. And if Ruvain pays Shimon, then Shimon's benefiting. So th- it makes sense why we create a payment obligation. This way, Reuven is not gaining anything by not paying Shimon. You are going to end up paying, but and Shimon's not getting the money. Instead, it's going to go to Hektish. You understand? They cannot benefit from each other. If the place usually pays, if the loser usually pays the binder, and if the loser doesn't pay anything, that's considered Hanas. So we have a problem. So we say pay it to Hektish. Fine. Elamandom, according to the opinion, which says, Kishen Nichse, Balaveda, Surna, Maxir, we're dealing with the case. Where the Nechassim of the Balaveda, Ruvain's property, is forbidden on Shimon, says the Gemara, Loi Mahader, Amai Tipal Anola Hektish, why do you got to pay anything? Our question, don't pay anything. Why should Hektish all of a sudden make money? Answers the Gemara, Achada Katani. No. What we're dealing with is, the case of our Mishnah is not a case where Ruvain said, I'm forbidding Shimon to benefit from me and I'm forbidding, or I'm forbidding myself to benefit from Shimon and I'm forbidding Shimon to benefit from me. That's not the case. Rather, the case is like we originally understood, which is, Ruvain is only saying that he's forbidding himself, he's forbidding himself to benefit from Shimon. And since it's a one-way vow, Memela, um, there's going to be a payment, and that payment is going to go to Hektish. Okay. Now, that's the first way to understand the back and forth, clarifying the halach and our Mishnah concerning lost objects. There are those who learned the conversation a little differently, which is, Ravami and Ravasi argue about the status of returning, of doing Ashava Saveda when there's a forbidden um, when they're forbidden to benefit. One opinion is, The halach in our Mishnah is only where the property of the one who lost, Shimon, of Reuven, I'm sorry, is forbidden upon Shimon. And the issue over here is going to be that you cannot, there's going to be an issue of returning the lost object because of Rabbi Yosef's pruta, which is again, that every time you return a lost object, you're going to be putter from giving food, giving money to a poor person. So that's considered a gain. But we say, like we said, okay, very nice. It would be, but it's not a common a happenstance that somebody's going to come and ask you for tzedakah just punked at the time, just at the time where you're returning the lost object. So we're not going to be, we're not going to have that concern. Okay, so again, uh, you know, the case of our Mishnah is where Shimon is not allowed to get any sort of benefit from Reuven, and it's not considered benefit, because we don't expect somebody to ask him for money. However, when the Nechassim of Shimon, the returner, is going to be forbidden on Reuven, who lost it, then we say, listen to this, Shimon cannot return it because his property is forbidden on Ruvain. Mishum de Kamahanile over there, there is going to be benefit. There's direct benefit. It's considered a gain. And Memela, um, uh, that's why our Mishnah says that if the, the payment has to be there, but the, the 
now that the payment's there, it's going to have to go specifically to Hektish. Otherwise, it's going to be considered a benefit for Shimon. V'chad Omar, and the other opinion is no, afilu even when Shimon's property is forbidden to Ruvain, where even there we're going to say, Mutter, Shimon could return the lost object. Why? Because whenever Shimon is returning the lost object to Reuven, midi dinavshei kamahadrlei. We're not concerned about this prudadir of Yosef because it's midi dinavshei. It's his. It's Reuven's own object. It's Reuven's own item that Shimon's returning to him, and we're not going to, to consider that to be a benefit. Why? As we explained in the beginning, because. This is just, all Shimon's doing here is allowing Ruvain to not take a loss. But do we consider it to be like Shimon is benefiting Ruvain? No, it's not considered benefit. Because you're giving Ruvain his own thing. Okay. Those are the two different, um, those are the two different approaches in how to, uh, on, be, two different approaches between Rav Ami and Rav Asi in how to understand the halacha of our Mishnah. To wrap up this idea, says the Gemara, a question. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah taught us, again, the Mishnah on the bottom of 33a, Lamed Gimel Lamed Av. The Mishnah said, In a place where it was common for the one who lost the item to pay to compensate the finder for his time and effort, so he can't compensate him because he forbade uh, benefit, but he's going to have to give it to Hektish. Bishlam Alaman Damar. This makes sense according to the opinion which says, Afilu where the guy says, Afilu Asurin even in a case where Shimon, the finder's property, is Usur. On Reuven, over here we're going to say, Mahader, he could still return the lost object. Why could he return the lost object? Because it's not Shimon's property. There's no problem. It's not, there's, there's no issue over here. Okay? Elulamanda Omar. But according to the opinion that that where the guy says, Bishanichsei Machsir Asurin, where Reuven forbade himself to benefit. From any property of Shimon, and we're going to say that Shimon is not allowed to return the item, okay? Which means that Shimon's property is going to be forbidden to Ruvain, but Ruvain's but uh, Ruvain's property is not going to be forbidden to Shimon. Hechi metarets makom. What's the pshat with the word makom in our Mishnah? Because our Mishnah seems to imply it's only in a specific place, right? It says, oh, if it's in a place where there's compensation, so then we say pay it to the base, pay it to the mikdash. However, um, if uh, if if we're saying that there's no prohibition of Shimon, the vow was never on Shimon to benefit. The, the vow was on Ruvain to benefit from Shimon's property, and it was ever an issue of Shimon benefiting, why can't Ruvain just pay him? Why can't Ruvain just compensate him for, for what he had? All, he, he's compensating him for his time, that's all it is. And there's no prohibition of that. So why would it go to the Beis HaMikdash? It's, it's a great challenge. To which the Gemara says, Kasha, you're right, it's a good question, but Lemaisa, 
we're allowing that uh, the first Lashon to stand anyway. It's not a, it's not a total knockoff. We now turn to Daflam Adalid on the base. Now, this is a, we'll call it a kind of a, a newer sugya. It's not a continuation of what we did on Ahmed Aleph. And the Gemara here is going to get into the, again, get into the kishkas, like we said on, on Ahmed Aleph, of how ownership works. Specifically, let me ask you, the, let me ask you a question. If I, not me, you make a kiddush and shul. Can I fill up my plate with a few cookies for my children and bring it home without asking you permission? Or not? Now, what's the shaila? Man, you do, you go to a bris. You go to, you go to, the Gemara is going to give a case where you invited me to your house and I put food on my plate. Who owns that food now? Now the lumdus over here is, the lumdus is, when you put your food out for somebody else, is it now ownerless that I could just take and do what I want? Or no? Do I say, it's your food, and I can only utilize this food, lefi, according to uh, the, um, the, the expectations. Now what's a practical nafkamina? This gishmak. If I forbid you to benefit from me and you go to shul and I'm making a kiddush, if it's hefker, you could join the kiddush. You're not benefiting from me. I put the food out and now it's not mine. You're not benefiting from me anymore. You're benefiting from hefker. But if you say that there's no middle ground that's just going directly from me to you, then it's forbidden to benefit. Very gishmak, right? So how how do we view this? This is going to be... Uh, our sugi here in Amud Beis. Very interesting, f- fantastic stuff. Here we go. Omar Rava. Rava says, kikar If there's somebody sitting there and in front of him is, a, is bread of Hefker, it's ownerless. The Omar, and a guy, the, the, the guy um, is, says to this bread or about the bread, kikar zu hektish. This loaf should belong to Hektish. Notla, and then he takes the loaf, the Ochla, and he eats it. Are you allowed to eat something that belongs to Hektish? No. What's the Allah if you do? It's called Me'ila. Right? You've taken something holy and you've benefited from it, you're going to be Chayiv. You're going to be Chayiv a carbon, you have to pay back the value plus a fifth. Mo'ala Fikula. You've done Me'ila according to its entire value. But what if, because you ate it, what if I say that loaf is hectish, and I pick, and, and then I say that loaf is hectish, and lahirisha levanov, and then he says, I want it to be my property for my kids to inherit. Okay, the guy's on his, you know, the guy's got one foot in the grave, the other foot in a banana peel, and he wants to leave something for his kids. So he sees a loaf of bread, he's like, at least let me leave him a loaf of bread, they'll appreciate that. They'll appreciate that. So then, the halacha is, by saying that it's going to become his property to inherit to his sons, it's a transgression, because you're utilizing it for your personal benefit. However, you, the, the obligation to pay is not in the full loaf of bread, because 
you yourself weren't going to gain the full loaf. It really belongs to Hektish, and they can't. But you're going to be obligated for the value of Toivas Hana that the children appreciate the father having left something for them. And then you'll have to add a Chaimish, you'll have to add a fifth to whatever that value is. Okay? Which is a, a, a very a beautiful idea, you know, which is a guy takes a loaf of bread, he says it's hectish, and then he leaves it for his kids. <laughs> The kids aren't going to gain for a loaf of bread. But mature children get, and what I mean by get is chap, appreciate, that at least my father's trying. He's, try, he's trying something, right? At least my father's trying. There's value to that. There's value for a parent to do something where their children, even if they make every mistake in the world, we don't know everything, right? Uh, we uh, there's no there's no uh, master's degree in in parenting. It's not the way it works. But the, um, the there is a taivasana. There is a benefit that the children know that the father tried, and that taivasana, whatever you, however they're going to be able to measure that benefit of the children appreciating it, that's the value that's going to have that he's going to have to now pay to hektish plus a fifth. So this was Rabbi's halacha. So Rabbi Baravan asked him a shail, searching for information. He says, listen. If a person says, Kikari Olecha, Ruvain says to Shimon, My bread is forbidden to you, and then he gives Shimon a gift. Mahu, what is the halacha? Can Shimon keep it? Is interesting. Okay? Now, what's the question? Here we go. Kikari Amarlai. He said, You can't benefit when the bread is mine. Ki Isei Bershusei Hudaaser. Maybe Reuven is saying to Shimon, you can't benefit as mine. But once you give it to Shimon, it's now Shimon's. I.e., Reuven invites Shimon to his house for a meal and puts it on Shimon's plate. After Reuven said, you can't benefit from me, maybe Shimon could eat the food because Shimon could look at this plate and say, now it's mine. You gave it to me as a gift. I should be allowed to eat it. Okay? I doma. Or maybe, Alecha Amarle, Reuven was saying about Shimon that it's usher on you, which means, Ilavei Shavisei Hektish. That I want it to always be, I want it to always be usher to Shimon in a way that it's like it's Hektish. The same way when you make something Hektish, it's going to be usher even if you give it to Shimon as a matana, as a gift, it doesn't matter. So too over here. Okay, this, again, Ruvain makes something uh, hektish and then he gives it to Shimon. Shimon can't use it, it still belongs to hektish. Maybe when you make a vow that Shimon can't take it and then you give it as a gift to Shimon, maybe we'll say the vow remains in place as if like it's hektish, it's forbidden to him. And now that even though Shimon owns it, he's not allowed to utilize it. That is the Shaila. Okay, this is a question searching for information. This is the Shaila that Ravchia Barovin asked Rava. Very interesting. Shailan, again, it gets into the lumdas, the kishkas of how transactions of gifting works. Is it going directly from me to you? Is there a middle ground here? Once it's yours, it's yours. How does, what's happening? So Amarle, Rava says back to him, Pshita, it's simple to me, even if Ruvain gave the bread to Shimon as a matana, Asr, Shimon cannot use it. You can't say, oh, Ruvain is not yours anymore. No. 
No, for sure not. For sure, it remains forbidden. Ella, however, kikari alecha. When Ruvain says my bread is going to be usher on you, it's not your bread anymore. So what did he mean? La afuke mai. What is that coming to exclude? Lav la afuke isn't it coming to exclude the e gavna mine mignav? Maybe it's coming to exclude a case where Shimon stole it from Ruvain. So ready for this? Azoi. Ruvain made a vow. Listen closely. There's a fascinating case. There's a little catch here. Ruvain made a vow. Shimon cannot benefit from him. Okay. Shimon uh, with, with this bread. Shimon cannot benefit from my bread. Shimon goes and steals the bread. Here's the question. In halacha, interestingly, when you steal something, that's called a kinyan. It's called an acquisition. It now is Shimon's. So what we want to know is, if Shimon were to eat a loaf of bread, we know he transgressed stealing. We know that. The question is, is he transgressing the vow that Ruvain made that he can't eat from Ruvain's thing? Because it's not Ruvain's thing. You understand? Here's the chap. Again, it's either we, we agree it's us or for Shimon to eat it. We know that. Either because of the vow or because of stealing. But says Rava, if he steals it, so now the Isser is stealing, but the, as far as the vow is concerned, there's no, he's not going to transgress the vow by eating. Because Reuven only said, my bread. Once Shimon stole it, it's not Reuven's bread anymore. Amar Lei, Sir says back to Rava, one second, Loi, no, who says that the, that the case of our Mishto, I'm sorry, the case of Kikari, where he says my bread is coming to exclude stealing as opposed to the gifting. Who says that's the case? La'afuke di'i azmane al Maybe he's coming to exclude a case where Reuven was going to invite Shimon over to his house. And then he offers Shimon the bread. In that case, Shimon is not allowed to eat the bread. Why? Here we go. Because it's still considered the food of the host. So if Reuven were to forbid Shimon from eating his bread, and then Shimon comes over to eat in Reuven's house, Shimon cannot say, oh, now it's ownerless. I take it because Reuven's just allowing whoever's sitting at his table to eat it. I'm going to take it. And now it's not Ruvain's, and it's not going to be a transgression of a vow. Maybe that's the case. Okay? So, here we go. This is Gishmak. We have, um, we have a Psak of Rava. Let's take a step back, and I want to get a little bit onto tomorrow's daf, but we're, we're done over here. Let's take a step back and get an overview. Rava gave us a halacha. Rava said that if somebody declares, some, uh, uh, if somebody declares something hectish, and then he takes it, and eats it, he will have transgressed me'ilah. If somebody declares it hektish, and then he leaves it to his children, he's going to be obligated for the toivas hanna. That was Rava's halacha. Rav Baravan asked him a shayla, and he says, what happens if, it's, if instead of uh, the case where he makes it, uh, instead of the case where he eats it, or the case where he wants to inherit it, what if he gives it to somebody as a gift? What's the halacha over there? Now, what was the tzadim? What was the shayla? Since it's no longer his, he said, my bread. Well, you just gifted it to me. 
So it's not yours. I should be allowed to eat it or not. So Rava responded, no. Let me tell you something. Even if he gives it as a gift, if he gives it as a gift, it's the same as if he eats it. Same as if he eats it. Ah, so why do you say my bread? That's coming to the exclude if Shimon stole it. What do you mean if Shimon stole it? Then there's no vow. Shimon's obligated for the stealing, but there's no vow. Says Rechiel Barovin, what do you mean? That's not what it's coming to exclude. Maybe it's coming to exclude a case, not where it's stolen, but it's coming to exclude a case where, where Ruvain invited Shimon. I might have thought to say that, uh, I might have thought to say that Shimon could eat it. Because Ruvain's inviting him to his house, you invited me to Kiddush uh, by you, so now it, uh, it becomes mine. So Rechiel Barovin is, is, um, Responding to Rava that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel you have a, a strong proof to my original question of what's the halacha about a gift. Again, maybe that's dealing with an uh, invitation, dealing with stealing, but what about a gift? You don't have a right. Okay. Says the Gemara Tapov, tomorrow's daf. We just want to get another couple steps in and uh, wrap up this idea. Eisvei, they ask the challenging question, Omar loi, if somebody says to somebody else, so say, we'll call it, Ruvain says to Shimon, Hashileni parascha, lend me your cow. I need milk. I need help. Whatever, I want to look cool. Please lend me your cow. Omar loi, and uh, so what is it? Ruvain says to Shimon, lend me your cow. Omar loi, Shimon says to him, Says Shimon, you cannot borrow my cow. But instead, of, he didn't say it like that. <laughs> instead, Shimon said, if I have another cow, then I make a kainam forbidding you to use it if I would have another cow. Basically, what he's saying is, the reason why I don't want you to lend you a, my cow is because it's the only one I have. If I would have had another cow... Maybe I would lend it to you. Okay, that's he, but he said that in a very roundabout way. Or the same thing with an axe. Hashileni kardumcha. Ruvain says, Shimon, lend me your axe. Omar Loi, and Shimon says, Kainam kardum shi'ishli shani konoin chazai alai, yam yishli kardum elazav, forbidding all my stuff to you if I would have another axe. In other words, I don't have another axe, I don't want to give you the one I have, and I, I can't afford for something to happen to. What happens? Turns out, Shimon had another cow, or he had another axe. Oh, so now that he had the other one, his property is going to become Usr on Reuven. So the halacha is Bichayov Usr. In his own lifetime, this is going to be an effective vow, and his property is going to be forbidden. But Mace, as soon as he dies, as soon as Shimon dies, and this is going to be the challenge. Or Shimon gives it to somebody else. As a matana, now Reuven can start to benefit from this axe or from this cow. It is. So you see very clearly that once a matana is given, once a, a present is given, it loses the vow. It's dependent on whose property it is. Now again, why is this a question? Because Rava told us that when something's given as a gift, we had a Shiloh. Rava, if somebody declares something hectic and he gives it away as a gift, what's going to be the halacha? And he said, no, no matter what, it stays forbidden. Ask the, ask the Gemara, challenge on Rava. We have a Brisa here that says if it's a change in ownership, the vow falls off. 
Answers the Gemara, What happened was that it was given to him through another person, which means Shimon made the vow. He gave it to Levi who gave it back to Reuven. And when there's a middleman, when there's a third party coming in, then everybody's going to agree, even Ravo will agree, that Reuven can now benefit from this axe or from the cow. Amar of Ashir says, you could infer that this is the case as well. Tiktani, because the Brisa says, Shanitna Lai, the case of the Brisa that says there was it was given to him, Tani, Lai. It doesn't mean that Shimon, the one who made the vow, gave it directly to Reuven. So you could be Meduyak, you could infer that their taka was a third party here, and it's specifically when there is a third party that Reuven can, may, again, benefit from the axe and may, again, benefit from the cow. Beautiful. We'll hold it here for this evening. Bezrem, tomorrow we will pick up regular time, 5.15 p.m. with Bo'imine Rava Meirav Nachman. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.